It's time for Forward Nation Radio. Now here he is, the host of Forward Nation Radio, David Leventhal. Welcome to Forward Nation Radio. I'm David Leventhal. On today's show, the latest in what I'm now calling a civil cold war. That's pretty much the way to describe what's happening in America. The latest on that, as per the presidential debate that occurred last night, you might have heard of it. If you haven't, that's fine too. And the latest in propaganda or Republican lies to the American public. And what can only be described as America and the entire civilized world currently being held hostage by the worst elements in the United States of America. In related notes, I want to follow up to get us warmed up on uh, some discussions we've been having over the last few weeks. First, the destruction of the planet update. We've been talking about climate change. <laughs> not, not a whole lot of that in our society, of course. Certainly none of it coming from our governing political party. But here's a little bit of a tidbit from Harper's Magazine that I thought you might find interesting. Canada's last remaining ice shelf collapsed into the ocean this week, taking with it an Arctic research station used by leading scientists, wait for it, studying ice shelves. <laughs> so the last remaining ice shelf in Canada collapsed into the ocean, taking with it the research station studying ice shelves. Also, a new report by climate researchers at the United Nations warned that the world is at risk of becoming an, quote, uninhabitable hell, close quote. Oh, what do those climate researchers at the United Nations know? I really want to know what Donald, Donald Trump's ass is thinking right now about this subject. Anyway, we've also been talking about the possibility of helping out Americans who are suffering dramatically through the COVID crisis and the resulting economic recession. Stimulus deal, anybody? Well, Donald Trump demonstrating, as always, that he is as consistent as a weather vane on a windy day. Uh, now, apparently, well, now as of when I put this together, so it was a few minutes ago, so it may be different now, but now he wants a deal. He wants a big deal, in fact. He wants a deal kind of like what the Democrats have been pushing for, for, I don't know, months? In fact, his secretary, uh, his treasury secretary, Steve Mnuchin, has been negotiating with Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. Oh my God, acknowledging her existence? That's terrible. He's going to have some hell to pay. About coming up with a package. The problem is, any efforts to rescue suffering American people have apparently been just tossed out the window by Senate Majority Leader Moscow Mitch, who has announced that he has shelved any effort the Senate will not consider any stimulus deal that might be negotiated between the White House and the House of Representatives, the evil Democrats, you know, the Satan worshipers. McConnell, Moscow Mitch, is pretty clear about why that's the case, because he doesn't think it will be good for America overall. No, I'm just kidding. Of course, you knew that. Moscow Mitch actually said it's shelved, the, the idea of helping the average American through this crisis, is shelved because it will not help Mitch McConnell and the Republicans politically. 
making it clear, putting in absolutely so many words that he and his Republican Party are happy to make Americans suffer simply for their own political ends. Gee, no wonder Donald Trump has chosen to be part of that political party. Uh, principled Republicans, if anyone's concerned, some will be coming out, some will have more tact than that, and will come out and say, I'm worried about the deficit. And in that case, at least we could find some principle among Republicans. Republicans who always have a problem with budget deficits uh, whenever they result from anything other than tax cuts for rich people, like spending on poor people. Anyway, that brings us right into the debate. And uh, the debate last night, we pretty much had all of our questions answered. Uh, all, all those questions that have been festering inside us during the presidential election that we've just been dying to have to have addressed. Questions such as, how could anyone sit through a presidential debate? How does anyone sit through Donald Trump doing or saying anything at all for more than a couple of seconds? The, the, the question, how could anybody need this in order to make up their minds? How is it possible that there is anybody out there who's sitting down and going, Thank God, a debate between Trump and Biden where I could finally get some information that I'm going to need to decide how to vote. Giving us another idea of what what passes for an, for an independent or undecided voter in America, what these people are really like, and it is really not pretty. Uh, I'm guessing extraterrestrials, um, utterly brain dead, coma, in a coma for like the last five years, persistent vegetative state, something like that. In other words, the undecided voter. At one point during the debate, my, uh, my wife walks in and says to me, why are you watching this? Well, I did it for you, listeners. That's, that was my response. I have a podcast. Fuck my listeners. Oh my God, how could they make me do this? Anyway, one question that we still have not had answered from the debate is how the hell does something like Donald Trump even exist? How does a man this pathetic, this disgraceful, how does this exist on the planet, let alone how does human trash like this ever get to become president of the United States? When somebody can finally answer that question, we'll either find out why we are toast forever, or maybe we will somehow figure out a solution to save this country and this planet. Maybe it was said best by Joe Biden right at the end of the debate in his closing. What is on the ballot here is the character of this country. Decency, honor, respect, treating people with decent, with dignity. Yes, those things are on the ballot. Whether they actually describe the character of this country, frankly, I think is wishful thinking on Biden's part. As I've mentioned a whole bunch of times, maybe debates like this and watching Donald Trump speak and the people who support him is an indication that we've been deluding ourselves as to what the character of this country really is. And that maybe we're just kind of shit. But I guess we'll be finding that out in less than two weeks, perhaps, at this point. Of course, during the debate, to be fair, Donald Trump, to my mind, at this point, with 11, 10, 11 days go until the election, made his best case for re-election. 
for the first time in my in my memory, my recollection, he has succinctly stated his accomplishments as president of the United States. We're not going to have a country. You can't do this. People are losing their jobs. They're committing suicide. There's depression, alcohol, drugs at a level that nobody's ever seen before. There's abuse, tremendous abuse. Okay, full disclosure, that was taken a little bit out of contact. He was talking about the COVID crisis, but let's be honest, it, it, it pretty much does describe what he has accomplished as president of the United States. Throughout the debate, the so-called commander-in-chief acted the whole time like he hasn't actually been the president for the last four years. He once again continues his policy of the buck stopping anywhere but here. He continued throughout the debate to demonstrate that he is utterly and completely divorced from reality or, at best, thinks that he can continue to keep you utterly divorced from reality, although I really think in most cases it's the former. The man is living on some foreign planet, some alternate Fox News reality. It is a reminder that Trump should never be listened to without a lie detector. As you go through the debate, as I'm, as I'm subjecting myself to watching this piece of shit speak, all I think is everything he says is a lie. Just, in most cases, an outright lie. Not even a misstatement, not an exaggeration, just an outright lie. How the hell... Can Americans, as ignorant as most Americans are, how can we subject them to that and expect them to be able to tell the difference between truth and lie? Donald Trump, if there's any brains there at all, it is to understand how much lying you can get away with as president of the United States when you have a public that is this ignorant and that is busy turning on Fox News and remaining stupid. Nevertheless, Despite all the propaganda and all the lies, as you watch the debate, you can't avoid some level of seeing this sack of shit for what he is. That's what I'm thinking as I'm going through this debate. Colbert, as always, said it great. Something that I've been saying. He said something this week that I've been saying for for four years. Well, pretty close to four years because I've, I've tried to, to reach out to the other side. Try to th- say that in 2016, these people were deluded. You just can't say it anymore. You, it, the, they just don't get to say, I didn't know what I was voting for. I didn't know what I was supporting. At this point in time, as I indicated on the prior debate and the vice presidential debate, The one thing that these guys have done is that they have undressed their supporters. That they are exposed naked for what they are. They are not just misinformed. They are not just ignorant. They are shit. Anyway, let's let's go from general impressions to a little bit more of the nitty gritty. In the debate. And let's start at the beginning. Why not? Donald Trump, right off the bat, was asked, how will you fix COVID? It made sense that COVID, of course, made a major portion of this debate. 
reasonable question, considering that we are right now approaching a new record for new daily cases. Numbers pertaining to the spread of the virus that we have not yet seen anywhere in America. We're approaching about eight and a half million. We've surpassed Americans who've come down with the virus. We've surpassed by a large margin 223,000 who have died. Although when I go before the show to check those numbers on the CDC website, I notice that the CDC website was down as far as the actual number count. Not that I think it's a conspiracy, but where's QAnon when you need them? Anyway, so Donald Trump was asked, how will you fix this crisis that has destroyed the American economy, taken over 223,000 American lives and counting, is approaching record proportions, etc., etc., etc. And his response was, I'm great. I've done amazing. Let's talk about how great I am. People are just, foreign leaders are calling me up all the time to tell me how great I am and how great I've handled the crisis. This is our commander-in-chief's response to a question about how he was going to deal with COVID. And this basically sums up Trump, sums up the problem we have in a nutshell. He is clueless. He is a narcissist. He is incapable of seeing any... He, he, utterly lacks empathy for another human being. And he simply sees everything as far as whether it was good or bad for him. If there's one thing you take away from the debate, if there's one thing you take away from Donald Trump's presidency, it is that. This is a man who cares only for himself. And we were shown that within the first seconds of this debate. He, he went on to say, I'm immune. That's that. I guess that's his. I'm immune. So either I'm great. Look at my powers of recuperation, or I, I I guess the plan is to have everybody get the virus. Some will recover. Most will recover. Just a few million will die. That's all. So his plan is to sacrifice a few million so we can so we can move on. It does remind me of the Republican senator who much earlier in the crisis said old people should just take a hit for the, for the young people. They should just go get the virus right away to, uh, to, to, to make things better for all the young people. So yes, Donald Trump, he wanted to just say that, you know, he went on to talk about how the, all the models said there were going to be 2 million dead. And, and it wasn't that. So let me understand this. Your plan to deal with COVID is to make sure that we surpass the old models for numbers dead. That seems to be his plan. When Biden was asked what he would do, he gave his usual Joe Biden answer, I guess, debate answer, not as succinct as, as any of us, I assume, would like. But his answer was an easy one. Should have been. And it was. I will listen to the experts. I will listen to the people who do this for a living. And then I will make the best decisions I can make at the time. You know, what you might just expect of a president who is a human. Trump, of course, went on to, to, to address that concern by doubling down on his attacks on Anthony Fauci and the rest of the experts 
who this country has and who are respected by most people in this country and trusted by most people in this country to provide advice. He went on to ignore Fauci's advice and to ignore the CDC's advice. The, at least until Trump got a hold of it, the most prestigious organization of its type in the world, disease control and prevention. As I went to go look for the latest numbers, it's right there on the CDC's website, right at the top. Big letters, wear a mask. Also, right below that, big letters, stay home if you're sick. Any of these sound familiar? How about I will go, Biden could say, I will go to the CDC website and I will do what it says and I will lead Americans to do what it says to combat the crisis. It's insanity. Trump basically called Fauci stupid. In the debate, he called him a hypocrite. A hypocrite? Let me make sure that you understand what's going on there. In Donald Trump's mind, a hypocrite is what the rest of us call someone who changes his mind as a result of further evidence. You know, a hypocrite. I I shouldn't even joke about that because there's way too much of that belief in this country. In one of the classes I teach regularly, critical thinking, I have to spend a lot of time on this. Being consistent in what you believe in the face of contrary evidence does not make you smart. It makes you a moron. It doesn't make you a critical thinker. It makes you the antithesis of that. But the president of the United States, of course, thinks otherwise. Because he doesn't have the education that one would expect a normal sixth grader to have. Probably doesn't. Now, I don't want to sound right now like a condescending elitist, and I'm probably sounding a little bit like a condescending elitist. Hey, who's to say that this country would be worse off if it was being run by a third grader, huh? Who's to say that? I've, you know, my oldest son is now in fourth grade. And to be fair, well, he could do a better job running the country than Donald Trump, but so could my younger son. He's in second grade. But I don't want to sound like a condescending elitist. Um, And I want to be clear, look, experts can be wrong. I understand that. I don't just say, let's accept what you're being told. But when people who know what they're talking about and have a reputation for integrity speak, if you disagree with them, you should have some basis for disagreeing with them. Like, gee, these other experts are saying otherwise. These other people who are informed are saying otherwise. But that, of course, is not America again. And that certainly is not Donald Trump. It's not Fox News. We don't have any experts speaking against the concept of climate change. So you just pull some jackass on, you misrepresent his credentials, and then you say there is a battle among the experts. Trump, at this point, isn't even doing that. He's, he's saying, on the one hand, you have experts. I don't believe the experts. I have a hunch. I have a whim. I pull this out of my ass. Well, let's hope the president of the United States has a hunch that he could cross a busy freeway with his eyes closed safely. It might save us from what is yet to come. The next other question we'll talk about when when the president of the United States, again, really showing what he stands for, um, what would you do about foreign election interference? This was, to me, another highlight of the debate, which, of course, was 
too much lacking in substance as always, mostly because Donald Trump just lies about everything and attacks. Uh, like a playground bully, all he knows how to do is throw dirt. But here he was asked, what would you do about foreign election interference? And he had no answer. He didn't even try to answer the question about what we would do to try to limit foreign election interference. He just told lies. He told lies about Biden. He told lies about who Russia likes, whatever. Let's be clear. All of America's intelligence agencies are talking about Russia, Donald Trump's buddy, way more than Iran, interfering with this coming election in dramatic fashion. That's what U.S. intelligence... Oh, what do they know? They're just experts. But that's what U.S. intelligence agencies are saying, that Russia is dramatically interfering with this election. And they're doing it on behalf of Trump. Not on behalf of Biden, on behalf of Trump. And that, of course, is why Donald Trump has no answer to what you will do about foreign election interference because he can't say on TV, I will reward them for it. Which is, of course, what his real answer is. That's why Russia could do all this. Because they know if Donald Trump somehow gets to steal this election with Russia's help, they will not only not be punished for it, they will be rewarded by the President of the United States. Which at that point will no longer exist in any way, shape, or form based on the way we always thought of it as being. Then, related to that, Trump uses the corruption theme about Biden. I'm not in the, in the pocket of Putin. You're in the pocket of Putin. Proving once again that like any schoolyard bully, Donald Trump has mastered the debate tactic of I'm rubber, you're glue, everything you say bounces off me and sticks to you. Uh, corruption? He's going to pick on Biden for some made-up shit about his son? More on that later on. Biden, in this case, had a response ready for the not only the most corrupt president in the history of this country, and we've had a lot of corrupt presidents, but one of the most corrupt human beings ever to exist on the planet. I, I think I can say that without fear of being wrong there. A man who is just corrupt through and through. So Biden's, I thought, pretty succinct response. Release re your tax returns or stop talking about corruption. You talk about corruption, just release your tax returns or stop talking about corruption. Donald Trump can, of course, because gosh darn it, that darn audit. audit. That's been going on for, hmm, let me see now. Oh, his entire life. Then there was, uh, changing the tone a little bit here, becoming a little bit darker. There was a question about the parents of 545 children who had been separated at the border by Donald Trump. I don't even want to say immigration policies. By Donald Trump torture policies who cannot be accounted for. The government was ordered by a court to get the families back together. Well, they just went in and filed with the court that is overseeing that. The, the United States government said it cannot find the parents of 545 children who were ripped from their parents' arms by Donald Trump. Donald Trump's response to 545 children being ripped from their parents. A, a, an absolute, 
humiliation of the United States of America. Sickening policy. These children were brought here by coyotes and lots of bad people, cartels, and they used to and they used to use them to get into our country. In case you don't know that, that's a lie. The best Donald Trump could do to support his absolutely inhumane policy, his international criminal policy of separating children from their parents and then losing the parents was to lie. As Biden, in maybe his best moment of the debate, noted these 500-plus kids came with parents. They separated them at the border to make it a disincentive to come to begin with. It makes us really tough, he said, dripping with sarcasm. We're really strong. Yeah, we're tough. In Donald Trump's America, we get tough by picking on babies. Or someone once said to Donald Trump, pick on someone your own mental age. And he said, okay, I'll take babies away from their parents. It makes us a laughing stock, as Biden correctly pointed out, and violates every notion of who we are as a nation. No, it violates every notion of who civilized people in this country want us to be as a nation. Donald Trump, the President of the United States, the architect of these inhumane policies, fired back, rushed to his own defense by noting that they are in in facilities that are so clean. That's the President of the United States. Responding with not only just sickening inhumanity and lack of empathy, but what is certainly a dog whistle. Because, you know, these dirty people coming up from the South, these brown-skinned people from Latin America, the fact that they're someplace clean is just so wonderful for them. Of course, they talked about health care during the debate, and I'm going to start off with just what I thought was one of the humorous moments of the debate, and that was Donald Trump in the midst of, of a conversation about Obamacare, the policy, whether it should continue, whether it should be replaced, the policy that has given health care to more than 20 million Americans, Donald Trump turns to Joe Biden and says, you haven't done anything in four years. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. Now, of course, in the health care debate, what I wanted as I watched it, I wanted Biden to, to just repeat over and over again, health care. It's complicated. Who knew? Who knew healthcare was so complicated? Why should he just keep repeating that? Well, for any new listeners of the show, that's what Donald Trump said in 2017 after year after years on the campaign trail talking about getting rid of Obamacare for something better and then not being able to do that at all and learning that in fact he had nothing. Gee, who knew healthcare was so complicated? And as I've said, as I said at the time and many times since, everyone who's not a moron, Mr. President, but obviously that excludes you. So Biden should have just said, yeah, it's complicated, Mr. President, isn't it? Isn't it complicated? And by the way, Mr. President, would you like a lolly? You just seem like you might want a lolly, Mr. President. I keep saying this. Biden should just treat him like he's the two-year-old he actually is, but too late now. Uh, Trump talked about the individual mandate, how proud he was to get rid of it. 
the individual mandate, as I've pointed out in this show before, and if you're interested in healthcare, I certainly refer you back to the couple of shows that we've had on healthcare and explaining our system and explaining Obamacare. But to try to be succinct, the individual mandate requires young people with government assistance to sign up for health insurance. The reason for that is because of the way insurance works. That if young and healthy people don't buy into the insurance market, nobody else can afford coverage. Coverage is unaffordable for everybody else because the only people in the system are sick. That's the way insurance works. It's a difficult and complicated problem having to do with healthcare that Donald Trump simply does not understand and his moron supporters could not possibly be capable of understanding. There was one important moment in the discussion on healthcare that I believe was overlooked. And that is when Donald Trump, this was, this was eye-opening to me, and I can't believe that neither Biden nor the narrator nor the commentator nor what little comment I've seen post-debate has focused on this. Trump said he's going to come up with a better plan. Now, first of all, once again, that ignores the fact that the man has been president for four years. When he says to Biden, what have you accomplished? You've been the president for four years, and he's still running as an outsider throughout the, the debate, everything he does, because there's no responsibility there. But more than that, he's been telling us for five years he's got a better plan. That's what he's been saying all the time. I have a better plan. I am replacing. I've got a plan. I'm going to replace it. It's a super secret plan. I'm going to tell you only after, my, after I start my second term, I guess. Now... He slides back to, we're going to come up with a better plan? That's kind of a pretty big change. What Trump had with respect to health care is all Donald Trump is capable of. It's all the GOP is capable of because they don't have any arguments. They don't have truth on their side. He just kept repeating socialized medicine over and over and over again because there's nothing but bumper stickers in the Republican Party. There, there's no thought. There's no cogency. There's no consideration of what's beneath the headline. Socialized medicine over and over and over to scare people who are going to run away from socialized medicine, even though, of course, most of them don't even know what the hell that is. Like Medicare, the best health insurance, most efficient health insurance program America has. You know, that. But this is an indication that Trump at least follows those polls that tell him who his fucking moron supporters are. And how they react to bumper stickers and how they hate socialists, even though they don't understand that or pretty much anything else in America. It also, of course, is a strong, strong evidence of what's wrong with America, as also evidenced by the debate at large, which is we don't have substantive adult conversations. We're too childish to do that. We speak only in bumper stickers in America. God knows that is true of the adherence of one political criminal organization. I noted before that the debate cannot be listened to without a lie detector. You just, you just can't sit through it without a lie detector. But I want to be clear here. It's not just Donald Trump. Nothing on the right, nothing coming out of the right wing in this country can be listened to without a lie detector. Because it is basically all a lie. One political criminal organization continues to demonstrate that everything that comes out of its collective mouth 
is a lie because it has nothing else to sell the American public. By that, I mean it has nothing to sell the American public. And we saw this again this week in the remarkable New York Post article and the maybe more remarkable reaction to the New York Post article with even such spreaders of lies as Twitter and Facebook limiting distribution. Now, in case you missed it, the New York Post ran an article that was underscoring Donald Trump's arguments about Joe Biden's son being crooked with respect to Ukraine and Russia. I don't even remember all the latest bullshit. Let's start, by the way. It's it's not just that it came from Rudy Giuliani. That's where the source came from. Just remember for a moment who the owner of the New York Post is. In case you don't know that, the New York Post is owned by Rupert Murdoch. The wealthy billionaire, lying, lying propagandist, libertarian son of a bitch who owns too much media in the world and Fox News. So remember when we talk about, gee, it was written in the newspaper. Yeah, like it was said by Sean Hannity on Fox News. There's some credibility for you. Well, Republicans are outraged that Twitter and Facebook and other media sources have limited distribution of this article, which was to give the mainstream media credit to show that they are learning, give us some hope for the election. The reaction to this article, which appears to be blatant bullshit, was this article appears to be blatant bullshit. Not a discussion of the lies that it intended to disseminate. Something that absolutely would have happened four years ago when Trump was running against Hillary. We wouldn't, the media wasn't spreading the lies It's spreading the acknowledgement that they are lying to you. So the Republicans are outraged that they're doing this. They are outraged that they are are limiting their ability to lie to the American people. Basically, Republicans are coming out in, in not quite so many words and saying, how dare you stop us from from lying to the American people? Or one step further, how dare you stop us from disseminating Russian propaganda? which it turns out is what this is. Josh Hawley, I've mentioned on the show before, wants to subpoena these social media sites. The ones who have been instrumental in Donald Trump being elected and will be instrumental if he's able to steal the election again in 2020. In a remarkable show of what have you done for me lately? If you're 90% in my favor, that means 10% of the time we're going to drag you in front of of a, a House committee or a Senate committee. Yes, What have you done for me? We want to subpoena you to talk about why it is that you wouldn't spread our Russian propaganda. Remember our show last week about targeting political rivals? If you're the Republican Party, you don't defeat your political rivals on substance. You lie about them and drag them through the dirt and besmirch their character. Gee, nothing bad could come of that, could it? Also remembering last week's show... What's remarkable here is how they don't even try particularly hard to hide what they are doing. Having such unbelievable contempt for so much of the American public and certainly all the people who are going to vote for them, they don't even bend over backwards to try to make it look legitimate. The fact that this came from Rudy Giuliani, that was their their strong suit. Rudy Giuliani, the man who in an entertaining twist this week, whose daughter has just come out in support of Joe Biden. That was an 
interesting moment. But Rudy Giuliani, well, according to the Washington Post this week, the United States intelligence agencies, you know, what do they know, warned the White House last year, <laughs> right, that's going to do, do a lot of good, that Giuliani, then searching in Ukraine for dirt about Biden and his son Hunter, was the target of a Russian influence operation. The Russians have been cultivating Rudy Giuliani as an asset for over a year, according to Chris Murphy, a Democrat on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Rudy Giuliani has been cultivated by Russia as a foreign asset. I'm sure they said it wasn't just Giuliani. They tried this Delaware repair shop owner, computer repair shop guy. Someone left a computer with him and it just happened to be on the computer. Where's Huma Abedin when we need her? Turns out, though, he couldn't even get his story straight when asked about what the hell happened. They, they don't even make an effort to make it at all legitimate, that at, at all reasonable or, or apparent that they're lying to you. They just outright do it knowing that most Americans are just stupid enough to fall for anything. Anyway, the article we subsequently found out based on actual reporting after the fact, they couldn't get, the article was so was, was such propaganda, it was so, I don't even want to say poorly sourced, it was such bullshit. But in newspaper speak, it was poorly sourced. It was just outright bullshit. They couldn't get anyone at the New York Post to put their name on it. And this is the New York Post. You don't exactly get journalists working for them. They stuck someone's byline and now the person is now running away from it saying they just put my name on it, it wasn't me. For some reason, apparently, Vladimir Putin does not want his name on the byline of the New York Post article. Maybe it wouldn't look good or something. Anyway, the underlying accusations shouldn't warrant any discussion. It was what Donald Trump tried to spend most of the debate talking about. Let's talk about your son, Hunter, because we've made a lot of effort to make up lies about him. We really want to get some bang for our buck here. So I want to spend this whole debate discussing made-up lies by me to besmirch you because reality is not friendly to me. The underlying allegations, I've been saying this for weeks, have been utterly discredited, including, it turns out, by two Republican-led Senate reports that have said that there's nothing there. These are Republican-led Senate reports that have said there's nothing there. In a related article, Local news around this country, newspapers, online newspapers, journals, have just been infiltrated by Russian, by Republican propaganda. Same thing, Russian, Republican, by Republican propaganda. That Republican propagandists, Republican activists, have been taking over or creating local newspapers simply to spread lies to people. Let's be clear Again, when we talk about disinformation, propaganda, lies to people, it is not both sides. It is one side. It is the Republican criminal organization in America that is doing this. And again, it is doing it because it's got nothing real to sell the American public. As I'm reading about the upcoming election and everybody freaking out, I'm reminded every day by my own freaking out about how on edge every civilized person in America and on the planet, I assume, is at this point 
by what's happening in America and what's going to happen in 11 days. It's just impossible to think. It's almost become a cliche just how stressed reasonable thinking human beings are. And it is a reminder to me as I think about this that America and the entire civilized world, in fact, are being held hostage right now. We are being held hostage. We are wondering if in 11 days the ransom is going to be paid and whether our kidnappers are going to choose to release us. We are being held hostage by the most evil and richest sons of bitches on the planet. And I'm not attacking rich people here. There are plenty of rich people who want to save this country at this point. I'm reminded that Ralph Nader a few years ago was moved to say that only the super rich now can save this country. God help us. I'm talking the evil rich. I'm talking Dr. Evils of the rich, richest fear. The Rupert Murdochs, the Cokes, the Sacklers, the Mercers, the absolute shit of the planet, the utter detritus and garbage. They and their pets are holding civilized people, the entire civilized world hostage. Their pets, of course, are the fucking morons they delude into supporting them. Everyone I'm reading is petrified right now about what's going to happen. To be fair, I don't read utter shit. So everybody I read, including the lifelong Republicans, is petrified about the fact that our kidnappers might ultimately decide to kill the hostage. Us and the United States of America. Around the world, I can only assume that every decent thinking person is thinking exactly the same thing. Is America going to be effectively the 21st century's Nazi Germany and destroy this planet and this world? What will this fucking moron army do? Reminded of this again as I think about the Michigan militia morons and how I think about the lack of reaction to them by Donald Trump and the rest of the Republican Party since they are their base. I worry that the Michigan militia, even though it got the plot got stopped, that this was a calling card. This was a message to all the like-minded, insane-minded pieces of shit just like them. Go ahead, do this. This is the Donald Trump's stand ready. In fact, when Donald Trump made a passing remark in the debate about your governor of Michigan, that doesn't just sound to be tolerated. This is actively supporting this. This is calling for it, for armed insurrection in America, just in case we hostages decide to try to make a run for it. Anyway, that's today's show. I will talk to you presumably one more time before D-Day and D-Week and D-Months or whatever the hell it's going to be. Until then, be well, be safe. Do what you can to make sure this ends the only way it can with our survival. With a Biden rout of Trump. See you soon. You've been listening to Forward Nation Radio with David Leventhal. 